Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. Um, I hope you are all doing well. Welcome to this eighth episode of BRM Brownback Session. I'm today, the title of this episode is going to be BRM in Aviation. So I'm extremely delighted and glad to have Brian Legacy joining us um, from being an IT BRM and works, on, works at San Antonio Airport uh, on a daily basis. So let's hear from him as to what he has to offer us about the BRM and his journey. Uh, welcome, Brian. Thanks for taking some time off today and uh, sharing your perspectives around BRM and your journey. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what I can do. I'm not sure if I can offer too much. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, um, Brian, tell us for viewers your journey um, in the last, uh, you know, so many years that you have spent. Uh, what have you done so far and uh, what led you to be a BRM and uh, the synergy around that? We'll be, we'll be more than happy to hear from you. Uh, sure, sure. Um, so, uh, I guess my, my career started uh, with the Air Force. Um, uh, I have a background in mechanical engineering, uh, was an engineer in the Air Force, um, so always kind of was uh, indoctrinated, I guess, in the aviation world. Um, and then when I got out, um, I, I kind of followed in the footsteps of my predecessors, and I did the natural transition to become a government design consultant. Um, uh, I did that for a while, loved it, and uh, kind of probably did what most project managers do, which is, you know, trip and fall into project management and love that and, you know, never wanted to get out. Um, so worked as a, as a project manager, um, transitioned over to IT project management, which was interesting because um, I never had any formal training in IT um, prior to that switch, but all of my experience came from uh, the projects I managed um, having a lot of IT scope basically embedded within that delivery. So, um, so then, uh, yeah, the last step was, um, starting to recognize that the, you know, the, the creativity and the problem solving was something that I loved. Um, so being that solution architect, um, my ingenuity is, is, you know, really, really high, uh, as far as all those those tests that, that you take on strengths and weaknesses and um, emotional intelligence and and it took a look at this BRM role, which, you know, in itself at the time was was also viewed as kind of this innovative role. Um, so it just kind of seemed like the right fit. Excellent. And, 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 and tell me about your experience around the um, challenges in the aviation. Um, as a BRM, as you play this role as a BRM day in and day out in the airport, uh, what are some of the challenges that you see? Um, because sometimes people think that BRM is a cool thing to do. Uh, and I just want to make sure that uh, the reality strikes and it is pretty hard. So I wanted to hear from your experience. Is this going yeah. To yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, that was actually one of my concerns <laughs> when I was first applying is I saw some friends doing this and man, they seemed a little stressed out every once in a while. So, um, you, you know, the one thing that I love about kind of what you're doing and, and what this represents is, um, you know, these challenges are, are really universal. Um, it was easy for me when I first started to think that, well, these challenges are only, you know, in the municipal world and centralized IT servicing, 
um, you know, our customers, but, but they're really not, um, you know, we're, we're all, no matter what BRM role we play, we're always trying to execute the visions of our, um, of our leadership. To me, it's, it's my CIO, um, and his vision of, of managing an entire city. So that in itself, um, is, is a challenge when it comes to, um, you know, specific customer needs. Um, and I think one of the biggest challenges that I learned right away, which is, um, controlling the shadow IT. So, um, we need to live in the world of gray, right? So, um, we cannot, you know, ever see things, uh, black and white. We have to always see things right, right in the middle. So, so that question, you know, to me, always kind of came, came around to be, do we have the right mix of enterprise solutions and those, you know, shadow IT solutions, the one-offs and when does it make sense? And, um, you know, one of the biggest challenges to answer that question is if, if we're not trying to leverage enterprise solutions, why, and why does that make sense? And if we are trying to leverage enterprise solutions, why? And, and, the thing I had to, to really learn and understand is those are two different audiences because I'm either talking to my leadership back in my IT department to say it makes more sense not to use enterprise and vice versa. So that's, that's always a challenge and we have to base that conversation on value because um, that's what, you know, that's what we're here for. That's what I try to do is I, I try to add value, um, you know, to my, to my business partner, to my customers. So, um, so we always have to make sure that we're creatively thinking of, um, of how to get to those solutions. Um, so yeah, so controlling the shadow IT is always a constant challenge. Um, and, uh, I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess we could probably stop there. <laughs> it's probably enough of a challenge for everyone. And, and in terms of, uh, based on your experience, uh, being in the role of the BRM, um, what do you think are going to be the core skills and competencies that would make this role effective, um, and and why do you say that? Um, so, uh, if you can throw about some sure. skills and competencies, um, boy. So, so what I would probably say to that, um, I learned uh, real quick uh, some of the essential soft skills uh, because actually my first opportunity to be a BRM was more or less a failure. Um, the uh, uh, my, my first customer that that I was assigned to, um, I I was desperately trying to figure out what my role was. I was desperately trying to figure out um, how to manage all of these expectations, all of these things that um, you know was was expected of the BRM without a lot of role clarity. So that's always you know a challenge with everyone. So you know first and foremost. Um, you know, th we talk about communication. That's obviously, you know, one of the soft skills, but how to communicate, um, taking a deep dive into what it really means to be able to communicate effectively as a BRM requires a lot of emotional intelligence. Um, because, and, and kind of what that translates to me is, um, you really have to understand what your conflict mechanisms are. Um, how are you perceiving conflict? How do you respond? Um, if you're ever in a situation where you get defensive, it's, it's a pretty guaranteed way to break trust, right? To not allow that relationship to start with your new executives that you're supporting. So um, I don't think prior to that first opportunity, I think um, I was really 
I, I guess I was really forced to look at the emotional intelligence side um, and really understand how to have those difficult conversations without getting defensive, understanding exactly how I respond to all of these different situations, what's, you know, uh, what is okay, um, you know, when, when you need to, I guess, provide an answer and you can't. Um, that, that's kind of those situations that's really, really difficult to, uh, to navigate in the moment. So you really need to understand yourself prior to that point so that you can, you know, basically say exactly what you need to say. Um, so yeah, so that's the, the soft skills, I guess, is all just based around emotional intelligence and understanding yourself. I think that's very important, isn't it? I mean, we take too much for things for granted in terms of technology and other initiatives. When we miss this whole important piece of that empathy, emotions and stuff. It's very interesting that Jack Ma um, talks about we have to move away from IQ to EQ to LQ. So intelligent quotient, yeah. emotional quotient to love quotient. So I think uh, the level of respect and trust that we are talking about is very important that you integrate it with the um, essentially of making people understand and believe that uh, yeah. it's okay to fail. And, and thanks for bringing him because people think that you become a rock star on day one by being a BRM because you, you completed all these trainings and experience, but everybody goes through that uh, grind to become an effective yeah. and there's, there's no shortcuts to uh, success in terms of how you will uh, play that. So interesting that you brought that uh, into uh, perspective. Now, many of your clients whom you work with, uh, we see a trend towards moving from a project mindset to a product mindset. Is that a reality in that space? How does a BRM play a role in this shift, particularly working with your business partners and uh, clients? Um, how yeah. are handling that uh, uh, aspect project to program or product mindset sure and, and honestly that's that's you know one of my favorite things um my, my favorite times i guess is when i get to engage with all of my different customers that's um you know one of those areas that i really feel that brms can add um a, a lot of value and a lot of guidance uh we talk about the influencing pieces and the, and the guidance pieces of what we do um, you know, pretty much across the board, um, when you when you have a customer and they have a need, they will uh, really quickly go out and try to solution themselves um, without realizing there's a lot of pitfalls that you know you can fall into when you just try to automatically assume that this is going to be my solution. So, um, and it and it plays that it plays into how we influence from a you know, taking an organization from a project-centered organization to a product-centered organization because, um, you know, when, when we have intake and we have someone coming to us and say, I have a need, um, you know, first, what I like to do is just kind of back them up a little bit and just really prevent them from solutioning and just try to focus on, you know, what are the needs? What are you trying to do? Uh, and why are you trying to do it? Um, so that way we can really uh, get a clear understanding of, of functional requirements. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of times, it, again, it's really, really hard to, to prevent jumping that, you know, jumping all the way to a solution. Um, and, uh, and then once we have those functional requirements, sometimes, you know, all of a sudden all these different roads kind of pop up. And they're like, oh, well, we can we can go over here and, and maybe take take a look at this. And now, oh, maybe we can take a look at this as well. Um, so that's 
you know, that's always one thing. And then at the same time, you know, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make sure that um, during this conversation, they're understanding that it's not just um, that we're identifying a new project. It's not going to have a start and a stop and that's it. Um, it's it's going to be committing to a life cycle of this product. So um, it, it's it's the full management of that that life cycle. And if we go forward with this, you know, initiative, um, you know, what are we marrying ourselves to? And, and does that make sense over the, the total cost of ownership? And what does that mean? So that is always something that I feel BRMs really own. Um, you know, we own the ideation of, of these things that uh, are needed in our organizations. And um, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do with my customers. Oh, that's great because I think we have, have seen a lot of trends towards uh, adopting to um, agile or safe agile methods where we're trying to bring the product owner, the scrum master, the release architect. How do you all work together? And what's the kind of the role that the BRM can actually do that? Um, so it's, it's, it's very real that the, 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 there's a shift between looking at the project towards a product uh, mindset. Um, that everybody is part of the the, 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 the autonomous team to finally mm-hmm. deliver something of uh, significant value. Now, it's very interesting that you talk about value. Um, um, one of the things people struggle um, is on the value management piece. And I'm not sure, I'm sure that uh, with, with our earlier discussions, you have a lot of affinity towards value management and why it is an important area that the BRM should focus. So tell us through some of those experience around how do you uh, navigate through the value management piece? Because it's very subjective and very difficult to articulate. Yeah. So how do you how do you how do you traverse the maze? Um, for me personally, um, I learned really really quickly that you know one of the biggest ways that um, my department adds values to our value to our customers is through project delivery. Right. So um, going back to that um, that piece of project delivery of a new product. Um, and, and where I, you know, really, really quickly realized that I fit was um, if, if, you know, we're protecting the investment, right? So if, if we're buying something new um, all along the delivery of that project, I'm making sure that they're just getting the most out of their investment. And it, and it starts with um, how are we planning it and making sure that they're understanding from a product perspective you know, that total cost of ownership and what is it going to take to make sure that we're using this thing to its, you know, fullest potential during that entire time. And then um, setting up the project manager for success. So that's, that's the other piece that is really, really critical. And, you know, I don't know if anyone ever uh, taught me enough of our dependency on the project manager. So, so again, if, if projects are one of the main ways that we deliver value to our customers, then, you know, by default, we have to realize this huge dependency on BRM success with project manager success. And what that relationship means is we kind of roll in as a, as a supporting project team member. Um, so we, we take on the roles that we need to based on what, based on the needs of the project manager. Cause, cause again, we, we kind of, um, rise and fall, uh, on the success of, of each other. Right. So, um, so really investing time to protect the value of an investment, investing that time into project delivery is really, really important. Um, and then at the end of a project, I think, you know, from, from my perspective, I take a lot of time and I'm very intentional about 
uh, making sure that everyone who's going to use this thing, this widget, whatever we bought, um, understands exactly how to use it. So from a training perspective and, a, and an acceptance training perspective, um, you know, did that transition happen with enough detail and enough time to make everyone super comfortable with using this thing? Because I live in the world of technology and, and there's always this FUD factor, this fear and uncertainty and doubt. Um, and if no one uses it, a $1 million piece of software is, is you know, worthless as a paperweight on your desk. So, so that's another, you know, personally, just that's, that's, that's something that I always try to be very intentional about um, is, is just kind of sticking my nose in that transition piece at the tail end of a project and just making sure everyone is happy, <laughs> happy from a training standpoint. I think it's important that uh, to shift that uh, to a value conversations in every conversation with your business partner and other stakeholders. A bit of a challenge happens is when you're becoming very tactical. People really don't talk about value. They're talking about just delivery and timelines and, and cost. So I think it's sometimes very important to reinforce that element of value at every level. I mean, it's not that uh, you start with a conversation of value, but by the time you, uh, you, you percolate towards the end delivery, people have just lost track of what does value look like. Um, so it right. requires a lot of reinforcement at, at, at throughout the life cycle to uh, get some meaning around that. Um, the last uh, one uh, for today would be, what would be your call to action for fellow BRMs um, who are doing in day in, day out this work, uh, respective of which domain they belong to? Is there anything that you would um, um, uh, voice out in terms of what uh, they should do and what, should, what we can do better as a BRM? Sure. Um... I think, I think, uh, just based on personal experience, based on how my career started, um, I think the call to action is to first really study the emotional intelligence piece of it so that you can understand yourself, understand what personality type you are so that you know how you come across. Um, because the second part of that kind of leads into all of these other brown bags. When we talk about, uh, building trust, um, you know, there's, there's all the fundamental things that, you know, everyone knows and everyone expects to, to hear, which is, you know, do what you say, say what you do, uh, be honest, don't ever commit to, you know, something that you can't commit to, you know, under, um, under promise and over deliver all those things that, that we hear every single day. But, um, you know, to me personally, all of those things work if you, if you are authentic, um, and being authentic in the workplace is tough sometimes. Um, and it starts with the emotional in, in intelligence piece, um, understanding really, um, you know, what you love about doing the things that you do every single day. And uh, the way I, I kind of, um, kind of piece it together in, in my mind when I was first learning this was, um, for anyone who, who studies golf, um, you know, you're, you're, dad puts you in golf when you're five, six, seven years old, and you're so desperate to get good at golf that you're just trying to rush along and, and, you know, get to this point where you just hit the ball really, really far. And then someone who's very, very wise stops and says, all right, um, every once in a while you have a really bad day. And why is that? So here's a book and I want you to just write down everything that you do well in your swing. I do this because of this and get really, really confident with the things that you do. Um, and that way, when the conflict happens, when things go wrong, when someone is upset, you really have a solid understanding of your swing of these, these, 
pieces and parts that you do and consistently do every single time that work for you and have confidence in that. And, and it really starts with being authentic and it really starts with the emotional intelligence piece. That's great. I mean, that's a great story to uh, wrap it up in terms of how you can work through it. Uh, it's been a delight to Brian. I think uh, viewers would have enjoyed this uh, short uh, BRM brown bag um, about your experience around the aviation challenges. And he's rightly said, these challenges continue to persist for all BRMs, irrespective of which region, which demographic that we are talking about. Um, but also, um, as a CBRM and, and a practitioner, we really like uh, your insights about the emotional intelligence and why it is important for us to know uh, yourself better to be more authentic and uh, build that uh, trust with your business partners going forward. So thank you so much for your time today and I hope uh, our viewers will enjoy and um, thank you again. Uh, we'll stay connected then. Thank you.